Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Highly Suspicious Podcast with Louie and Preston. My name is Louie. My name's Preston. We are reporting once again. <laughs> once again. Live from the Trap House. It's a special episode, man. Yeah. We watch both Barbie and Oppenheimer. This has been the biggest cinematic yeah. event since the, the talk of the town, if you will. I was Bro. worried that this episode wouldn't even happen because I've been sick. This is gonna be my Michael Jordan flu game. <laughs> uh, we Bro, no. we we are I, persevering, and I almost didn't you. see that shit. You know, it was it yeah. was by the power of one, two, three movies. You know, like shit. <laughs> I didn't even know they had an app till yesterday. I started watching that shit this. Morning, Louis. <laughs> That's my the double feature was my day today. <laughs> the point of you having one, two, three movies access to it was that you were gonna that be able to happened. break it up. Yeah, and you did not. I did do not that. break it up. I Is said, that... you know what? I'll do it while I'm at work and while I'm driving over to come do the podcast. <laughs> Is that uh, your procrastinating self? Is that? That was my, I ended up doing other shit instead, self. What and was the, there's always ads on there that are like, almost virus inducing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's kind of ugly, you know, having like the porn <laughs> pop up yeah. ad. It's, it's a drawing of an anime woman with giant no, tatas. You just made me think of like, the Fortnite videos that are literally on Pornhub. Like, Jesus Christ. No, but so I know that's why it was free and pirated. You know, they make good money off that shit. So this is a spoiler discussion. We're going to be talking about the actual movies yeah, here. Big spoilers. And another thing, the timestamps are always in the description. So you will yeah, have you the access to the timestamps with this. So if you've only seen Barbie, you can skip to the Barbie part. If you've only seen Oppenheimer, you can skip to the Oppenheimer part. And at the end, we're going to compare both the movies. And Preston seems to think that's going to be what we have the most I think that's stuff what to talk set. about. I guess we'll just see how it turns out. We'll so, see. So by starting off, we're going to flip a half dollar that was in Preston's Keef Catcher, and and Heads is going to be Oppenheimer, and Tails are going to be Barbie. And that's going to be what we do. It's first. perfect because it's JFK. Okay, what did I say? Heads was Oppenheimer? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. You want to start us off? What are your overall impressions? That was the movie that you just watched. Yeah, I literally just finished that shit. Um, fresh on your mind. Super fresh on my mind, but it's all, oh my god, Louie, I just realized what's wrong with it. <laughs> so depending on, Louie and I watched it in opposite order, right? Uh-huh. So depending on which you've watched first. Yeah, we watched. He, literally for me, watching them both in the same day, I can't help but compare, you know? Yeah. I and I watched Barbie first. So now I'm thinking of everything in Oppenheimer. There are some points where I'm literally like, damn, Barbie is just like all of us. Like... <laughs> Oppenheimer, Preston. <laughs> That's what I mean. Bart Oppenheimer's just like Barbie, and Barbie's just like Oppenheimer. <laughs> tell it's me what. Literally, it. Tell it's me what all about betrayal. Thought. It's all about betrayal, Louis. Tell me why I had the same thought. There, there are definitely. Some it's about how we destroy what we love the most. Because Oppenheimer destroys physics for himself. 
You know, no. by making the he literally is like, oh, if I could make what's it, Nevada, New Mexico, New Mexico. If I could make New Mexico meet physics, I'd be the happiest man in the world. Careful what you ask for, Bucko. Yeah, for you real. know. Did he like it? I loved it. You loved it. Okay, uh, I like to hear that. I'm not some Christopher Nolan dick writer though. I literally just have some movies of his that I like. Just like I don't think like M. Night Shyamalan's the best director ever or some shit. Uh-huh. Just because I like a couple of their movies. But I did like it. I didn't expect to like it because I don't really like super long movies like that. Like almost three hours. Uh-huh. That's just a lot of... That's difficult for my ADHD ass, basically. Um, yeah. That's why I don't like watching two plus hour movies in a theater because... Who the fuck's able to really sit through that yeah. in one go? You know, I For like sure. being able to pause it. Um, so you didn't... Oh, yeah, expectations. We were going to talk about expectations. Expectations. So, so you said your expectations for Oppenheimer. I kind of feel the same I'm just way. not a long movie person. I was... The length can ruin it for me, too. I think sometimes it can be justified with... Oh, yeah. Having no. it filled with content. Uh, totally. And I that's one thing that I actually really appreciate about it. Literally, because I could skip around while watching these mm-hmm. things, there were some scenes that I skipped. I skipped way more of Barbie. That, that was what I was expecting, though. Mm-hmm. It, that's what you get with Christopher Nolan, is like, everything's packed. There were only a few scenes where I'm like, this is just a little too dramatic for me. I don't got the time. I gotta watch this shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and that says a lot, but it didn't feel like I was skipping through much of it i think that my one complaint might be all the like time jumping that happens where they're like at different points in the story it's complex and i get like what they're trying to do and it's not like that's never been done before but there's a way to pull it off there's a way not to pull it off and it's always a little ambitious on whether or not your audience is going to be able to stick with you I think shit like that works better in books. It doesn't transition to film very well. So a TV series can work like that too, where it's like one episode's in one setting and the the next is in the normal timeline. So I want to get into that. You know, first I want to say I love the movie too. I had a few gripes with it. Yeah. Nothing super major because oh. I, I felt most of it was pretty enjoyable. But let's talk about this time jumping because Wait. the movie goes back and forth. For black and white and the color. Did you see the thing? I thought that threw explain, me off a little bit too. Explaining it before you watched it. No. This whole thing just confused the fuck out of me. And it's still currently confusing the fuck I, out of me. I was me. able so, to tie it together. So before I watched the movie, before it even came out, I saw on Twitter that Christopher Nolan basically said that the shit that's black and white yeah is going to be like the more historically yeah. accurate stuff okay. it's more based on fact that's interesting but the color is where he takes more liberties liberty, yeah. in it but apparently that was just cat because i heard i saw someone else on twitter say that oh the the black and white was when it was kind of like the future where they were doing like the court trial and stuff. Yeah, and the and, like, color he gets his was like, and like shit the past, like in... the telling the story. Yeah, and I was like, that's that makes not me... right. That's no, not that's what kind it says. of how it more feels watching it though. You know, and then and then I looked up. I was like, okay, what was there no meaning? What the fuck is it actually for? And I look up this Christopher Nolan. Thing. I still don't think it was Christopher Nolan that said it. 
Okay. But but basically, the color is from the perspective of Oppenheimer, and the black and white is from the perspective of Robert Downey Jr.'s character, whose names I forget, who's trying to get a point. They do kind of work that way as well, but I don't know. I don't feel but, like that's accurate either. But... Because of all of that, it just confused the fuck out of me because when yeah, I was no, watching it, ideas. when I was watching it, I was under the impression that of the first thing that I said, right? The black and white was the confirmed historically accurate stuff. But like, there was one scene in particular that could just be cap. I could see where, that being where it went from uh, black and white to color, and it was the same scene, and it was like. And what does that even mean? It just mean? bothered the fuck out yeah. of me. It bothered yeah. me. I thought it was kind of stupid. No, I, that's what happens in, in very artsy, three-hour-long yeah. movies, Louie. That's I, that's it. I like that most of it was in color. because I like the transition. I think artistically, I get it. It is confusing, but I didn't know any of that, so I wasn't even thinking about it. I do feel like, having just watched it, I think the Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer idea works. Also, note that we can't remember his fucking character's name, nor can I remember Matt Damon's character's name. I'm gonna refer to him as the general. Because... <laughs> what does that even mean? No. So, um, so the only characters me, I know the name of, Oppenheimer, Albert Einstein, <laughs> and for some reason, don't ask me why this name sticks with me, Niels Bohr, because he was an actual physicist. No. And... That, and the Heisenberg. And Heisenberg. Because I was that weird meme yeah. pointing at the screen. <laughs> Breaking Bad reference. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Dude, I do think that that's the most believable theory. Uh, is that it's switching their but perspectives. The perspectives, yeah. Uh, just because that's, but, in my memory, that's kind of what it feels like. Because yeah. I was thinking about the end scene. This is the biggest spoiler I could say, but I'm literally going straight to the ending of the movie, uh, where he's, like, talking about how Oppenheimer got what he wanted all along, yeah. is showing him getting, like, awards and shaking hands with people, but that's Albert Einstein's perspective, or, like, storytelling as well, you know? Yeah. So maybe he is saying, like, and but that scene also might have been in Robert Downey Jr.'s character's imagination, you know? Can't. He could be trying <laughs> to fixate, like, what did they really say to each other? Yeah, and and I liked that that one guy that I hear people hyping up his performance now just because he had a good line where he was like, maybe they weren't talking about you at all. Maybe they were it was talking cold. about more important things. It was cold. I it was a that. hard line. But I feel like the dialogue could have been a little better in the movie. Oh, dude. I, okay, thank you. <laughs> I wanted to say something about Matt Damon's uh, line where he's literally like, this might just be the most damn important thing ever. That line was good. I love that part. No. His, this his, could be the most his, fucking important thing that has ever happened in the world. He's just like almost overacting. Yeah. You know? But it's also funny because it's like, did you know that Matt Damon sort of came out of a soft retirement for this role? He was in couples therapy with his wife apparently. And she he decided to like take a break. From acting to uh-huh. focus on family shit, which is totally valid, respectable. But he did say on one condition where he's like, if Christopher Nolan calls, like, I'm picking up that phone. 
And, and I kind of Christopher heard, Nolan called. I kind of heard other people saying that too. Apparently, when Christopher Nolan comes up with these movies, he has the actors I in would, the roles. I already. would be the same way. So, man. so when when he calls you, he's yeah. saying that he's this saying part you is yours. Are, yeah. yeah, you are this person. And if you're really about the art like that, then then yeah, then you'll kill it. it. So um, so you kind of we're talking about the cast a little bit. I like the casting. The I casting do think that good. there's an issue for me when I can only think of someone as something else or like who they actually are. Yeah. The separation of Matt Damon from their character and Robert Downey Jr. from their character is obvious. And they did a good job with that. Because, no, no, no. Because Robert Downey RDJ even... delivers, man. All right. What's that one where he's uh like a lawyer? Have okay. you ever seen that? No. Dude, that it, he crushes that role. He's he's genuine to himself while acting, but he also works it into the character. Yeah, because I almost um, expect to watch Robert Downey in a movie and just see Iron Man, you know, yeah. like he kind of said. But I don't know if it was like the makeup, how they made him look different. Like they made him look a little. Different. I don't they, know how they, made they, they him were look able old. To do it. They made him look a little different. It's glasses. It's a little like prosthetic neck or makeup, some shit. Yeah. You know, I thought Emily Blunt's performance was good as the wife, Kitty. Yeah. It was kind of the doing more with less thing because she really only had a couple scenes. She That's was true. definitely a peripheral. She ended up becoming character. an important character, but like, she is. But in the scenes where, in where some she scenes, was like, she was like, "Why the fuck did you shake his hand?" No, she has like, the scene. Like she, she yeah. takes that shit over. I thought that there were great performances all around. For me, it's like. I'm seeing, uh, oh, the dude from uh, Huey. Yeah, the boys. From the boys. And I was just like, I had to pause it. I was literally like, wait, is that fucking Huey? Like, the fuck? You, you know what's so funny? The I, fuck? I was in the theater, and when he came on the screen, I was in and between was like, Caroline and Luke, and I was elbowing both of them. I was like, oh, look, look. And they were like, who is that? And, and I was like, oh, that's, uh, like, the main character for the boys. And neither of What's, them know anything about the boys. So they I was didn't also like, find it significant. Is that the kid from Drake and Josh? <laughs> so, so or that's, is that the kid from Ten Things I Hate About You? So that's one thing. I know him as, as other things because he's a good actor. But, like. This is another gripe with this movie that they have. That's what you get with a big cat. Having Josh... And Peter Quill, is that his name? Having them in that minimal-ass role where they really don't they're have any lines, they seconds. don't do anything. No, they're on screen for longer than that. They just don't <laughs> say it or they're do anything. They're just there. Yep. That's a problem with me because that takes... They could have had somebody they, else. It takes me out of they the moment with somebody a little bit. Job. And it's also like... If you are going to put them in there and take me out of the moment, at least give me something with their character. All Josh did was push the button. <laughs> he didn't say anything, do anything, think anything that was moving. He said, sure, I'll help you on the Manhattan Project. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Drink. <Drake. laughs> we so, gotta do the Manhattan Project. <laughs> Bro. 
I don't know why I do notes and I don't even look at it, but... Uh, You're doing fine. Because this has been the most ADHD movie conversation ever. I feel like we're just going... But on this podcast, you're going to get that. That's kind of how both of our brains work. But what I was saying earlier, I didn't have the highest expectations of this movie. I thought it was going to be decent to good. Yeah. Because I'm not the biggest Christopher Nolan fan. The Dark Knight is one of the best movies ever to me. Yeah. But I've seen... I've seen uh, not a lot from him. I saw Tenet when it came out, and it was a confusing mindfuck bullshit. Yeah. And and I haven't seen Inception, but that sounded like that was kind of the same thing. Kind of it is, but it's also like bullshit. it's almost like a sci-fi classic to me too. You know, I believe that. Like it's it's Matrix like. No, nah, I, I get that. But yeah, because of that and. The fact that I didn't think Oppenheimer was as interesting as a character that it would be yeah. able to carry it. Because story, yeah. all I thought about Oppenheimer before this was, you know, just that he was a piece of shit that made the worst invention ever. Yeah. But this this movie did such a good job. It's a complex story and it does a great job. With yeah. his character because I like him, but it absolves him of nothing because they portray him as a piece of shit in this movie yeah, he's kind they, of a piece of shit they so. portray him as a piece of shit but and you still like him like how well, does so that make it easy my thing is he's a womanizer he's making this bomb he's telling you. everybody this shit that he may or may not believe no, dude. that they have to make the bomb so i would say that it's fucked that they tried to get him for being a communist when it seems genuinely like he had no strong ties yeah would not have been a spy by any means. And it was just the right time for that to happen to someone. But and and he was the right person for it to happen to. How did you feel about the portrayal of communism in this movie? It's the red scare, Louie, you know? It's it's Yeah. It is the It's less about the communism. It is the eighties, you know? The, and yeah. shit like that. But fuck. That added so much complexity, I feel like, to yeah. the story, the whole communism shitted it because just like how no he's the military, still a piece of shit even like though the, he's not a communist like the, the general was so anti-communist and so many yeah. people in that movie were so anti-communist and often Hiram was cool he kind of had he the really philosophy like, yeah you remember in the party scene where he was like yeah I, i'm an intellectual so an intellectual has to consider different yeah. every uh, school of thought, not yeah, just the one that they subscribe no. to. No, and I'll that was some try to understand other perspectives is a real open-minded thought process to look at the world. And also, everybody was grilling about the communism shit during the war, and he was like, "Who are we at war with? We're not war no, and at war with that the was Soviets. Totally accurate. We're ganged up with the Soviets. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? It, it was honestly that is one of the dumbest things about World War Two to me. Is like, how were we literally we were fighting we were boys with, with them, and then they were off. But also, like, subliminally against. Um, it's a trick. They were like, you know what? You guys may be communist, but I gotta worry about this right now. And then I can worry about you. Also, the first scene in the movie where Oppenheimer is putting the cyanide in the apple, that really happened. That's wild. So, so the so dude... So he's kind of a piece of shit. The dude <laughs> is not, like, a good guy. No, by any means. But, but I think our society doesn't want a good guy, good guy, you know? Yeah. I think a modern audience appreciates so, so not, not having a... Dreary. Yeah, 
Yeah, someone who exists in the gray area that we probably so, all exist in a little bit, you know. Not everybody's perfect, but he's he's morally wrong on some some points and it's kind of crazy cuz even though he seems to regret the bomb after the fact, he still made the shit. He still made the shit and people did warn him against it and he knew the possibilities. It's not like it was just theory. It was obviously going to be built for him. It's not just it cannot just be Oh, morbid curiosity, you know? Like, you can't just have to know something that bad that you want to build it to see it through so that you actually know for a fact. That's just crazy. I get that he may have been a little crazy, you know? He was obsessed with his work, it seems. Yeah. Uh, And physics was part of his life, as it does seem to be for a lot of scientists. I love the science parts in this. Yeah. Like, I... I liked them explaining like uh, they do a pretty good how, job how they were theorizing like black holes before we even knew that they really existed yeah. and and them like explaining like the shit how it could have been the end of the world just like the way they described yeah, it endless chain reaction it would mean the entire atmosphere would combust yeah all at once right hell on earth you know but I really like the science aspect of it. And I'd like to recommend a short mini-series on HBO called Chernobyl. It is also about nuclear science. I feel like they do a better job with the science and making it interesting. And it's a really compelling story. It's like a six-part thing, but go yeah, go check bad. that out if you fucked with this. You would definitely fuck with that. But with Oppenheimer, do you think that he knew what he was doing or do you think that kind he of, believed some of the stuff that he said like do you think he was be because it kind of i think he was it. morbidly curious i think he was naive in some regards and they kind of present that idea yeah but i also agree with other characters in the movie that there's no way he could be that naive like i said he but, had to know that they were gonna build it but and when, he knew what the possibilities are with a weapon like that but when they got him on all the shit, like, if if we don't build this, then the Nazis will build this? That was the, the argument for the entire this? case. And that's the whole premise for the Cold War, is literally, well, if we don't nuke them first, they can nuke us first. It's like, well, either way, we're all fucking dead, asshole. Like, what does it matter? You, We nuke but, them, they nuke us back. They nuke us, we nuke them back. It, we're all fucking dead either way, except for I, you and your bunkers. I think that part was so interesting, because think of how many arguments even today it's a are like that. One. Like, like the gun control shit. Yeah. If, if the good guys give up their guns, then the bad guys will have the guns. And we base so much shit off of that logic, Yeah, and it's not necessarily false logic but it also might be you know disingenuous yeah by by the people yeah. saying it like yeah oppenheimer could have been like a sociopath well kind of was a sociopath egotistical for sure you know borderline it kind of leaves yeah. that as a gray area which i think is good storytelling when yeah. it leaves you things to think about but he could have just been like I want the He's, glory. Dude. I want. I want to be have power. I want to be in the government. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that really blew me away about the performance is how non-emotional it is. Yeah. You know, like they're the entire time. Maybe they shed a tear once or some shit, but like it was they're very, very emotional. non-emotional. Like in Act, their acting, yeah, yeah, and so that may be true to character. Maybe for me, that also presents that idea of like sociopathy that would make sense with the ego you know they literally yeah. did it just to for clout kinda 
in some ways, it seems like a lot of that shit was just for clout. A few more things I want to say about this, and then we can move on. Uh, I think some of the dialogue could have been better, like I said. Specifically, I feel like with Einstein, it could have been better. I felt like yeah, his Einstein's... character was riding yeah. on, oh, that's Albert Einstein. Everyone knows that that guy is smart. I mean, he's just there. The dialogue was very much mid for yeah. him. He didn't really ever but say also, anything that was crazy. I could understand them I like, shying away from it because he could take over scenes. I like the one line where he was like, I forget what he said, something like, uh, give those hoes hell or something like that. <laughs> Albert Einstein said some crazy shit. I like the end scene where he's like, Explaining, yeah, you remember he does how a good he he does a good uh, voiceover, yeah, at the end, and they also give him a good line in prompting the like I we did blow up the world, yeah, sort of line. Um, yeah, you remember when we thought that we would destroy the world with a bomb? Maybe I could we see did. That was a great way to end it. One last, I I, I don't got much left to say. We've yeah. kind of gone through the movie for sure, but I would say another I thing that might support it having like two perspectives with the black and white and color scenes is that for Robert Downey Jr.'s like he has his own ending. It felt like there were two endings to the movie. Yeah. yeah you know I hear what you're saying. And they were a few minutes apart but like and, and oh, correlated yeah. but like they definitely felt like I had a, a conclusion and then I was like drawn back into the conclusion of another story. The the last great scene I feel like in the movie is when Oppenheimer already built the bomb and blew up the bomb which did he like the bomb scene I thought it was really cool uh but after that he had a conversation with President Truman yeah Truman was a bitch and Truman was such a dick he wanted to be all buddy 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 and stuff and And he was like get uh, this commie out of here and Oppenheimer and uh the president was like what do you want to do with Los Alamos now and and Oppenheimer was like, we should give it back to the Indians. And, <laughs> and Truman gave him a look like, this bitch is not fucking serious right now. Like, and he was like, don't you know we gotta build the H-bomb, boy? But then he was given his, he was saying that he felt like he had blood on his hands. Mm, and, yeah. and Truman was like, they don't remember the person who built the bomb. They remember the person who dropped the bomb. I dropped the bomb. And and then he was, was like, get this commie out of my office, and then he calls him a crybaby, yeah. which is also historically accurate. <laughs> Truman kicked his ass out and called him a crybaby. What a bitch. That, Ultimate power, you know. Overall, I enjoyed most of the viewing experience. I felt like it didn't quite justify the three-hour runtime for me. Mm -hmm. I felt like the court stuff at the end was a little drawn out. I felt like the movie was cut very well. I know that's a weird thing to say. No, I hear what you're saying. But it... I understand that. Like, the cutting... As much as they did jump time, it's a miracle that they made it put together at all. But the court stuff could have been done in a montage. I feel like the court stuff was very unnecessarily drawn out. Because I feel like... So, it felt like there were a lot of, like, preliminary things. And then it would show you a scene in the past. Yeah. You know, so there'd be, like, this dialogue 
in the trial or the yeah. little discussion and, on whether or not people are going to get elected to shit. And that was fine to tell the story, but I mean, like, at the end... Yeah, there's an easier becomes, way to tell the same story than have the court scene. You could have been, like, present time. It's at least an hour of court scene. At the end. And it's like, bruh, the bomb already went off, and and I thought that was about to be near the ending. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there was, like... It's been 90 minutes, and it's we're yep. still in court. We're still hearing about this confirmation hearing where... I mean, I don't give a fuck about Robert Downey's character, like... Yeah, really. But yeah, I'd say that was a really good movie. Now it is musical intermission, unless you have some last thing to say. Mm. Where are we at? 30 minutes? This is going to be a long one. That's okay. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Maybe we have less to say about Barbie. That's kind of a determining factor. Your speaker's in here, bro. Damn, you're blind. It's under your blanket. It was hidden. Oh. You just didn't give. You just looked around. Didn't give me any like sign that you saw it. Like I didn't see you lock on. I just saw you look around the room. So I'm gonna pick a vibey track that I don't have a whole lot to say about. So just because I need to play this. Meme and potato already. You're gonna fuck with this. Is a Say, listen, little mama, you like Shabari? Watch while I show you the ropes. I used to let niggas get to me. I used to be my own enemy. Now I didn't have several epiphanies over some breakfast at Tiffany's. Had to forgive all my frenemies. They are not who they pretend to be. I had to protect all my energy. I'm feeling much lighter now. I look, float on my float on this club. They hanging on in that goose down. You just listened to "Float" by Janelle Monae. So this is a Sick. this is an artist I fuck with heavy. She's a great actress too. If you've seen anything that she's been in, she was a main character in Hidden Figures. She was in a bunch of stuff too. What's her name? Janelle Monae. But she's been making music for like a decade, more or less. This is off of her new album, so this is a newer track. Nice. Uh, How new? Maybe like the last three months oh that's sick but it's great that's summertime yeah vibing music it's got a great instrumental it's got kind of a groove you can dance to and uh i like her lyrics on here too is she rapping it sounds like she's rapping but it also sounds like she's singing sometimes i can't even tell anymore she's kind of rapping i think the flow yeah and the and the beat are kind of enough for even if she is kind of singing yeah. On certain parts, she's uh-huh. kind of rapping at the same time. So did you fuck with it? I fucked with it heavy. It went on two playlists. It didn't just go on the highly suspicious playlist. All right. Let's go. My favorite line, she says, uh, they say I was by, yeah, I'm by a, a whole nother coast. So she she turns that into That's good, a yeah. rap line, but then she says, she stays in the hills, he stay in Atlanta, I pay for them both. So, hey. so she she bends it back around and she hey. says she's she's pimping all sorts of and that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the theme around the album is like sexual freedom. It's a very horny album. Horny album for sure. Hey, what else is a summer song if not horny? You know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs>
So you know I'm right. So one more thing that's gonna blow your mind about this track, and then we can go to Barbie. I'm I'm I am this, dying to talk about Barbie. This song features Sean Cootie, Fella Cootie's son. That's sick. And he's playing trumpet like in the background. And there's another song that he's on where he's also doing some parts of the instrumental. But cool. But yeah, I thought that that was cool. Yeah, we like we like Fella Cootie on on the pod. That's canon. Okay. We gotta talk about Barbie Barbie. time. So, my expectations, I thought that I was going to like this. I I tried to avoid trailers for both of these movies, bro. I wasn't very successful at it. I saw bits and pieces of both the trailers. I think I saw them a while ago, so I forgot. And seeing seeing the Oppenheimer trailer, it kind of ruined the part where it talks about, like, the end of the world. Because, like, that's one of the coolest parts of the whole movie. I am become death. You just give away the sauce like that and... And this kind of did that, too. Uh, knowing that Barbie was going to have, like, an existential yeah. crisis, because I saw, like, it was like the beginning of a trailer where... Dude, it where literally Barbie is, yeah. was like, do y'all ever think about death? And then the party just stops. I knew that hey, I was going to like this. That's me at a party, though, you know? I, I really did have high expectations for this. Because yeah. of that, because I figured that they were going to have to come up with some shit to make this a movie. No, it was meta and wild and unexpected. So how do you feel about the movie? I think it was better than any of the toy or video game based (laughs) movies in the last ten fucking years. Alright, let's get that one out of the way, alright? I do love Margot Robbie. Who doesn't, though? She does look like Barbie. She's so great. She does look like Barbie. I thought it was a good casting. Yeah, good casting. Just like Oppenheimer. Yeah, Um, both of these movies had fucking I love Michael Sarah. Will Ferrell was funny. Will Ferrell caught me off guard genuinely. Like, they showed him in his opening scene. I was really like, is that fucking Will... What the fuck is Will Ferrell doing in this movie? And then he started being weird, and I was like, oh, Oh, that's why. Because they couldn't get Jim Carrey. (laughs) Because he's already doing Sonic. I thought Will Ferrell was perfect casting for that guy. No. So, just go into the I'm sure he's ad-libbing some scenes where he's literally like, I don't mean that in a creepy way. This movie starts off very meta with the, yeah. with the soundtrack gag where they're kind of going, the soundtrack's narrating what Barbie's doing in the morning. A little and musical so, numbers in there. Someone says something and Lizzo's like, I'm not done. Yeah. That was kind of funny. So I want to talk about the meta-ness for a second because normally, you know my perspective on meta stuff. I don't usually like it. A lot of times, it third wall stuff it. is lazy and stupid but i felt like i was really able to suspend disbelief and kind of just it almost immerses you you know in some ways a little bit of meta humor can make you like laugh at yourself yeah because then you'll be like yeah i am the jackass just like watching this movie just like it it makes it feel more casual yeah you know like they're actually talking to the audience did uh you skip the dance sequence at the beginning something Damn. Damn, you had something to say about a dance sequence? It was so good. That's all I was going <laughs> to say. Preston, uh, movies... I was there for the plot. Movies uh, that have a good dance sequence like that are unparalleled. Like, most of the time, that's was a it, flop. Was it musical sh- 
shit, or was it just a dance sequence over a song that already exists? It was a Dua Lipa song. All all this movie me, was made for the movie. All I can only get behind was. a scene like that in like a traditional musical. You know, I want it to be like yeah, storytelling music, not just but a uh, scene. but it was kind of funny. You know, uh, Ken was trying to slide on Barbie. Yeah, I watched. And Barbie watched, doesn't give a fuck yeah. about. Okay, so you watched that, that part, but after the first musical number, I was like, "Okay, I, I can't, I can't do this." I so, was not expecting this. Some of the musical numbers, like the one at the end, it was, it was kind of drawn out. I just wasn't expecting it, and so I was kind of just like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting any music scenes like that. So I was genuinely like, "Okay, I'll watch the first one," and, and I, hoping that there'd only be one. And then it was like the second one, and the third one, and I was like, "Ah, nope, it got skip." What do you think of the soundtrack overall? Solid. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked when Tame Impala was yeah. uh, made a cameo, basically, like a mm. thirty-second part of the song. Yeah, we talk about soundtracks on here too. the The sound design for a movie is just as important. I think some of that might be lost in translation. You know, you watching it uh, on your phone. And oh, stuff. for sure. I get that. I wish I had brought uh, earbuds to work, because then I think I would have actually... Yeah. There were some parts of Barbie that I couldn't hear too well. Yeah, I feel that. And and I kind of told you that it was the... Somehow, the audio quality on Oppenheimer was significantly better, though. Surprisingly. Yeah, that is kind of surprising. <laughs> so the plot is kind of thin. Margot Robbie one day wakes up and isn't as perfect anymore, and she's thinking she's about She's just death. like all of us. And Don't you just wake up, not be perfect, and think and, about death immediately. And she has flat feet, and everyone, every Barbie in Barbie land, mine's throwing up. Dude, no, that was one of my favorite scenes, if and, I'm being honest. And I was I was frowning in the movie theater, <laughs> like, why don't they like me? No, man, that was exactly how I wanted them to react, too. I was literally <laughs> like, if they don't, this should be a good reaction. It should be guttural. Because that's like a deformity to them. If, if... Everyone's foot in the world was shaped like that. And then a motherfucker pulled up. How did you... Straight 90 degree angle. How did you feel about the comedy overall? Honestly, a pretty funny movie. I thought it was hilarious. It was funnier than I was expecting, for sure. I was kind of expecting it to be more childish, honestly. But I, I can't believe that they actually got an older audience. You know, I think they made it relatable to an older audience. So it's still a kid's movie in a way. They do bleep out the one cuss word. And so it is, it's a good family movie. That's why it's doing so well, honestly. So one of my notes I wrote, who is this for? It's a twi- I am not the target PG, audience. It's a PG-13 if movie. If I'm being honest. That is kind of geared towards little girls. But I think it's, it's all more of a preteen these, up. It's all these weird innuendos and weird... You know, stuff about, like, uh, I think it's, philosophy and stuff like that. I think it starts at the age where you don't want to watch, like, little kid animated bullshit. And so you start to actually enjoy stuff with a little bit of plot, a little bit of, like, inside jokes, shit like that. And then it also throws in enough shit for parents to want to take their kids to the movie. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so it's something good for, like... A 13 year old to go see with some friends yeah. and get dropped off at the theater or whatever the fuck. But it's also something good for an older parent to take like a slightly yeah, cause, you know, younger kid cause when, uh, or their kids in general. Because when we go to the real world, it, it we, was hilarious. We, we find out that uh, them getting the, arrested the Barbie like, multiple bo- times. Yeah, that was comedy funny. gold. The, the, the Barbie be belonging to the mom 
and not the daughter. That, that was, was a, a cool good twist. little twist, and that they also threw me for a loop. it also lends itself to the Barbie's audience because I mean, realistically, yeah, it's a the Barbie isn't the eight the little girls aren't really playing with Barbies like that anymore. So They're I thought that kids, it was Luke. kind of wise for them to do it like that. But when they get to the real world, they're trying to cope with reality. Everyone's thirsting for Margot Robbie. I like the scene where someone slaps her ass and she fucking she got a good them. punch yeah. too. That was my favorite part. Is yeah. that it was actually it was, like a it, solid like damn. It was like yeah, punch. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. satisfying. The way then, he snuck then, up too, I was like, you fucking deserve that. And then then getting arrested multiple times, like you said, it was pretty funny and. And Barbie's trying to fix what's wrong with her, and Ken's just going around learning about the patriarchy. Dude, <laughs> like I said, it's all about betrayal and how you destroy what you love the most. Alright? Yeah. Because Ken does that. Ken, Ken thinks that what he needs is the patriarchy in Barbie land so that the Kins can rule, and he can't just be a side character to Barbie yeah. anymore. But, but then, uh, it was- destroys everything. It was so funny that he was like, yeah, the patriarchy is everything run by men and horses. <laughs> I <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. Because it does make you think, like, why is horses so ex- associated with masculinity? Is I like it just that he... because they have large cocks? That it's Partially. A... I also like the line where he straight up is like, horse are men extenders. <laughs> <laughs> With the most like dead serious delivery, I that right. I don't know if I always like Ryan Gosling, but I do like how committed he was. So he played a perfect oaf. I mentioned yes, total village idiot. I mentioned how Matt Damon sort of came out of a soft retirement. Apparently, Ryan Gosling wasn't going to take this role, and then he saw his daughter's Barbie face down in the dirt, like bent at a ninety degree quadrilateral triangle. <laughs> And, and he ended up texting them, like, I will be your king. <laughs> I understand this story needs to be told, for, apparently. For the record, a quadrilateral triangle does not exist. <laughs> That's not a thing. I, <laughs> I just figured that. I'm just here you. for the laughs, Louie. So Barbie finds this little girl that is not her owner, but she thinks it's her owner. Yeah. And uh, and little girl flames it, her up in and, the middle of the school, and she's roasted her, and I I felt like that was one of the parts that came across cringy in this movie where the they made the little kid be like, Barbie, a you're a fascist, you're <laughs> a fascist, Barbie. I rolled my eyes so hard at that. I know that fascist is like the buzzword now. Yeah, and, it has been. And I kind of hate that because it takes away... From actual fascism. Yes. Yeah, which is in the government and we're just desensitized to it. See, every if everyone calls everybody a fascist, then nobody's fascist, right? Well, it doesn't really work like that. Another problem I had with this movie was Mattel... Making fun of itself, yeah, without actually correcting anything that it was doing, because like the little girl makes a good point. She's like, "You all are fueling consumerism, and and Barbie's the representation of like the perfect woman that isn't black or does anything important." 
Yeah. And, uh... uh I, I like that she acknowledged, yes, I was stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah, she started to become a weird Barbie. Yeah. You know? Right. That's but, the that's the hero's journey right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Me going from normal one day to weird the next. I'm so glad he said that, because I almost forgot about this. You know another comparison I made? I was saying about Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yeah. Comparing Barbie to Buffy. Because at the beginning of Buffy the Buffy Vampire Slayer, like a, yeah. she's she's vapid, she's a cheerleader, she's yeah. not very smart, she's very unassuming. Yeah. And when she gets dragged into this adventure, she just changes so much, and they point it out in the movie where she's like, yeah, all... Uh, I just can't even relate to any of my old friends because I have to go through this hero's journey. Yeah, that no one else is, Which is going through. Reasonable, you know. That's that's a good take when you're experiencing it's something another great that, movie with a female that your peers can't relate to. Then you kind of become more isolated. You develop on your own. Yeah, that does happen to Barbie. Yeah, because nobody can relate to her. They're like, yeah. go talk to weird Barbie. Because in the beginning, Barbie's just like everybody else, and she doesn't really have a whole lot of character. She's just, you know, like She's normal the main SpongeBob. Character. That's her character. And then she develops into, you know, somebody, a person. Yeah, an literally person. a person. But uh, another thing, another time where Mattel made fun of itself in a really ugly way, because they're definitely like this, yeah. was when they were talking, it was like the board of CEOs. And it was all male, and they were making fun of that it was an all-male thing related to Barbie. Yeah. And that just, not only did it take me out of it a little bit, it kind of pissed me off. Do you know be- if that's the true case? You know? If you're thinking about it like that. Because if it Hold is up. all male, then it is weird. CEO's male. Looking bad. Partner is male. There's a female that's, uh... Chief executive officer. Yeah. Male, female. Female, female. Yeah. Male, male, female. I guess. So, they, I think it was also, like, kind of about class war. Barbie's about sure. the resistance. Yeah. About fighting the patriarchy in some regards. But also mainly fighting, like, I, apathy yeah. in our capitalist society, I, in I, a way. I like that when Ken was trying to get a job in the real world. Oh, my he God. He was like, you, you do patriarchy here? And, and <laughs> do you CEO, do patriarchy here? The CEO guy leaned in, and he was like, we still do it. We're just not as obvious about it. <laughs> I thought that was a really good... That and, was killer, man. So, here's what I think... That really is, had me laughing at work this morning, bro. Here's what I think is so good about this movie. They are talking about all of these problems with society, the patriarchy, feminism, modern wave feminism, all these complex issues, and they're talking about it explicitly in a movie. It would be easy to do it implicitly. It would be easy to be like, oh, this is all a metaphor for that. This is all kind of like that. Yeah. This movie is so ambitious in trying to explain all of these complex issues that they write books and books and books about. And you'd really need to read books and books about it if you really want to understand patriarchy and shit like that. But they did it in a fucking two-hour movie, so... I felt like I felt like at parts it was kind of preachy, but I feel like them talking about those topics explicitly and doing such a good job with it, I think it was very commendable. Like the the speech when 
they go back to Barbie land, and Barbie gives up, and the mom's there for some reason. And she's she gives that whole spiel about everything. Uh, yeah, women have to be where where it's just a maddening. That's what explains patriarchy. That one scene. I think I think other parts explain it like what Ken thinks Ken of patriarchy thinks it is, is. Yeah. even though it's not exactly it. Kind of shows like the idea yeah. of you know no they get women the gist kind of out of the way real quick subservient to yeah. male desire no and I love the last narration bit basically where they're like maybe one day kins will have the same rights in Barbie Land that women have in the real world but uh, where it's kind of just like yeah fuck the kins I guess but that is kind of why we're not the target audience right this movie really is for. Women trying to learn live in this century in this yeah. world. So I can say parts of it are preachy, but those parts aren't really for me. So yeah. So my opinion doesn't really. No, as long as we're able to acknowledge that, I I think that that that's I, a good take. Is that we we know we're not the target audience. I try to get a woman on this podcast today. You know why that didn't work out? <laughs> You're so funny. I don't know any women. <gasps> but like I, there was there was some real heart in this movie at oh, points. For sure. At uh, one scene where I kind of got emotional was when Barbie was just on the bus bench and she's staring down this old lady. I love it. And the old lady's yeah. looking at her like she's crazy, but Barbie's like, "You're so beautiful," and and the old woman's like, "I know." <laughs> yeah. I no, thought that was such a sweet scene. That's what just I mean. Such a... like, it's definitely about like not losing feelings in our society. You know, it's it's biz- easy and because life is so busy to like put yourself second and shit like uh-huh. that. And I I definitely think that that's kind of the empowering message overall is that like that we can get out of it yeah. too. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Exactly, we can get out of Barbie Land if we if we really want to. You know. I think that was also one of the interesting scenes to me is when they showed the uh, Mattel headquarters and it was like, it almost felt like a dollhouse as well because everybody looked, was dressed the same, all the yeah. like hallways were ambiguous and like confusing and the office yeah. was bright and colorful and shit like that. Yeah. That's, that's totally trying to say something about like our capitalist society. Kind of talked about how uh, patriarchy is just inherent in capitalism. Yeah. Because the men have all the power. Yeah. Like if it, it's a power grab, then you make up things like money so that it's easy to attain. If you put yourself, if you're already in a position to attain it. One thing that I'll say about both these movies, and then we can get into comparison, because that's pretty much all I got to say. About Honestly, I feel like we've done the comparison throughout. You know, we might have some closing remarks. Yeah, I definitely do. But the ads fucked up both these experiences for me. Because yeah. if, if I had if I had no idea that Will Ferrell was going to be in this or anything about this movie, it just would have been so much better. Same thing with Oppenheimer. Yeah. Just how much they give away is fucking criminal. And I shouldn't be afraid to go to the movies just to watch promos that I, I literally I to show up at the last second. Reserve your seats, show up at the last second before that shit starts. So, we gotta get to the essential question, though. What is the essential question? 
Who won? On your mind. Who won? <laughs> Which one was better? This was the, so you know what's funny. The legendary battle. From what I had seen, Barbies had more in sales and and uh-huh. like viewership and shit. Yeah. And Christopher Nolan's gonna fucking kill himself. That's what I hear people joking about continuously. Is that if Christopher Nolan loses to Barbie on this three-hour-long historical drama with some great acting and and a equally great cast to Barbie. Just because Barbie's a family movie and everybody can go see it with their fucking kids and shit. Yeah. You know? Just because it's more attainable. But I, I could see Oppenheimer becoming another, like, cult classic. Like, I, I as somebody who really appreciates historical, like, fiction and historical dramatization like that. Because for me, some of the most interesting books that I've read are kind of like that, where it's, like, speculative, huh. set in a real time, and based in reality, but also 100% I, based off of, like, maybe a person here and there. For what I don't I've have an issue, a lot of, if it's not all 100% accurate. For what I've seen, a lot of, what was it, Oppenheimer, is pretty accurate. Which is yeah. awesome. That's that's really... I appreciate that. Yeah, that's the most you can because, ask of a historical drama. Because when you make something historical, but... None of it's actually true. It's kind of like, what's the point? You know? That really just means that it's an interesting idea, but it's so, not an interesting story. You're pussyfooting around it. You gotta pick one. For me, Gun I think Oppenheimer head. was a better movie. For me. But I know I'm not the target audience of Barbie, and also, I like them together. I think Isn't that, that strange? I think historically, contextually, we just lived through a revival of cinema, almost. You know, people went back to the theater for this shit. It's oh. ju- it's just like the minions meme where everybody was dressing up for minions. It's I, it's kind of that except more accessible because now normal people are literally just like I guess I'm gonna dress up and go see Barbie, which used to be a thing. People used to get dressed up to go to the movies, man. I gotta talk about it's it. It's a revival so, of cinema. That's my take. So so that was what was cool about it when I went to the theater for Did Barbie. You get dripped up. It was at uh, it was at Stony Brook, which is ghetto as fuck. I should cut that out. I, I don't, <laughs> but it's true. I want you to. I want you but, to cut out what you said right before you said. I want you to cut that out. But when I was in the theater, oh, it funny. was just a billion women dressed in pink, and some dudes dressed in pink too. I was dressed. Josiah went like dressed a, up. I was in a Darth Vader shirt, that. so I think the black was kind of for the Oppenheimer, <laughs> and and I was really more excited for Barbie to. When I saw it... Well, you watched Oppenheimer first. You just went from, like, a very serious, like, pay attention now kind of long movie versus Barbie where it's like, I can turn my brain off a little bit, you know? That's why I'm glad I watched Barbie earlier in the morning because I would not have been able to keep track of Oppenheimer. I was half asleep. I gotta say this, too. Both the endings were fire. I love the ending of Barbie when, when... She's like, I'm here to see the gynecologist. I'm trying that to find was... out if I have a nub anymore. Now that I'm human, that's one thing that I. That was so funny meat. too. Nubs. Imagine they walking up to a construction worker and being like, I do not I have. I do penis. not have. <laughs> they do not have a penis. Yeah, but yeah, it's very close for me. Caroline was more excited. For Barbie going into the day, she ended up liking Oppenheimer better, which yeah. I think is kind of interesting. But also, but, like you said, we're not age-wise even target demographic. I think I like Barbie better. Yeah, I think I like Barbie better. 
because that's funny since we watched it in reverse order. How do you feel like your experience was after? Did you just need the break after watching Oppenheimer? Is that why you enjoyed it more? I think uh, I think that was good because the the pit of despair kind of in your stomach after Oppenheimer that yeah, really does it, exist. It filled that and, void feeling, and, that little black hole in you. And with Barbie. Barbie. Barbie really is like the opposite of the spectrum. Oh, it really is. It's such a more positive message. One part of the movie, there was this kid that started crying because she didn't like that the patriarchy took over Barbie world. Hey, you know what? (laughs) I didn't like it either. Me too, yeah. I was like, no, not the saloon doors. I I like that when... I like that when they came back for the real world, they expect everything to be normal. Dua Lipa mermaid is replaced by <laughs> John Cena mermaid. Bro, it was just so funny, bro. It that was, one, it was a that funny. That one also movie. caught me off guard, and I was dying laughing. And it had movie. a lot of heart. And it did. I I did have the same feeling at the end of both movies as far as the last bit drug out too long. There was a lot of unnecessary conversation and kind of bullshit at the end of Barbie where it felt like, oh, this should be over. And it was kind of the same length of time. They just needed to reincorporate the old lady. But what was uh, definitely a pro to say about Oppenheimer, I felt that about a three-hour movie as opposed to a two-hour movie. Yeah. If I'm feeling that way at the end of a two-hour movie, that's kind of, you know... Not as good, but I feel like I could really go either way. I, I've been, it was a game time decision. I made that decision today. That, that was the one I liked better. Yeah, because both were great. Both were it, pretty damn good. And I hope that I don't know if I'd gone to theaters to see either of them though, Louis. That's really how I am about the the movie theater these days. Is I have to really want to see something. Uh, you, you would have enjoyed Oppenheimer so much more. I think the at the theater I could get that because of loud sounds and like it's kind of comfortable. The, yeah. At the theater, I like having a little reclining chair and shit. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Or, well, they or go to one to three movies. They wouldn't have listed. If you haven't seen if... one of them, <laughs> or if you just don't care about spoilers, <laughs> there's no way we covered possible. all of the movie. You know. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So, you know, if you want to, still, go watch it on one, two, three movies. I was hoping for a bit more gratuity in Barbie. <laughs> Got it out of Oppenheimer, though. I bet you didn't skip the full frontal scene. You, you're you so funny. You dirty bitch. You dirty bitch. <laughs> what, was I watching it with my parents? You ever have that happen where somebody... You the there's, there's a dirty yeah. scene in a movie, and, and somebody scrambles for the remote. And, and then your parents are looking at you like it's your fault. <laughs> it's like, damn, I didn't make the fucking movie, Ma! <laughs> nah, dude. Okay, on that note. On that note. I guess we're out of here. We'll be back next Thursday. Links in bio. I'm I'm gonna straight up plug the one two three movie app. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. They got the Flash on there. I'm not gonna go pay money to watch the Flash, but I'll watch it for free. God damn it, free with the ads. I already watched it on streaming. Yeah, that was the Barbieheimer episode. Uh, it was a buzzer beater as can be. Hope you learned something about yourself today. I hope you learned that Barbie's just like all of us. Yeah, mama hope.